the greatest indicator of your future is what you do with Jesus. That's for sure. That's the greatest indicator of your future, not only on the earth, but in eternity. What you do with Jesus definitely forecasts your future. But now beneath that, there are other prophets of your future. There are things the Bible reveals that we can look at that um, clearly forecast certain things about our tomorrows. And last week we talked about one of the main ones, because I'm dealing with four of them in four weeks. And last week we talked about the power of friendship. Friendships, who you run with, who you hang with, who you walk with, who you talk with, who you spend all your time with, those, and who knows your secrets. Uh, those are, those friends are some of the greatest forecasters of your future. Show me who you're running with, and I'll tell you some crucial things about your life five years from now. Now, next to that, here's another one, the habits that hold you. The habits that hold you, for good or bad, are huge profits of your future. Uh, anybody in here has ever had a habit in your life? Raise your hand. Ooh, the rest of you are in the habit of lying. <laughs> okay? Uh, we all have habits. We have good ones. We have bad ones. And I'm going to talk to you today about the habits that hold you because your habits are some of the greatest indicators of your tomorrow that you can know anything about. Your habits forecast your lifestyle tomorrow, your spiritual level, maturity or not, tomorrow, uh, where you're going to land five years, 10 years, 20 years for the rest of your life. Habits are crucial. So I'm going to read two verses, one about Jesus and one about Paul. Luke 4.16 tells us about Jesus. He, Jesus, went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. What's the last four words? As was his custom. Now, we could just as easily say, as was his habit. So here the Son of God had a habit. Now, notice what it says about Paul in Acts 17, too. What's the first four words? up there, as was his custom, as was his habit. Well, what was his habit? Same thing as Jesus. Paul went into the synagogue. And on three Sabbath days, so three church days in a row, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. So I wanted to show you here an example of holy habits, habits that enrich your spiritual life. So let's talk about them. And first, let's pray. Father, I thank you that your word is light, it's life, it's power. And I pray in Jesus' name that your word goes forth and it does what it's sent forth to accomplish. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray that your word changes us, motivates us, puts fresh fire in us, fresh zeal in us. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for being with us today to deliver, to heal, to give faith, to increase our faith, and to give us confidence that we can do what God has called us to do and that bad habits, wrong habits, can be defeated by Jesus in us. 
In his name, amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise one more time. I need more monitor up here or something. Oh, you can be seated. I'm sorry. Well, I'm impressed. You stayed standing until I, I mean, that's great. Good to see you. Uh, now, we did begin a series last time on the four powerful prophets of your future. And I, I went over that, friendships. Today, I want to talk to you about habits. And what are the habits that hold you? What are the habits that hold you? Now, let me tell you, just give you a simple definition of habit. A habit is a regular practice wired deep into our brains that is hard to give up. How's that? A habit is a regular practice, good or bad, good or bad. It's a regular practice wired deep into our brains that's hard to give up. A habit is gained by repetition. If you have a habit, and I have a habit, it's because we repeated something long enough to get the habit. So it's making the same choice to do a certain thing over and over again until it becomes wired into your brain as a habit. And this works for good and it works for bad. Now, how long does it take to get a habit? It depends on you, your personality, your makeup, um, what kind of a habit it is. I can think of some habits it takes a day or two for it to become ingrained in you. Some of the illicit drugs out there these days can become a habit in one day or two. Other things that may take a couple of months of just repeating the same thing till it becomes a habit. So the same way that we walk into a habit, we walk out of a habit. If it's not good for us, if it's a bad habit, how'd you get it? By repeatedly doing something. How do you get out of it? By repeatedly doing something else. Right? I mean, you got into it repeating something over and over. So you're going to get out of it repeating something else over and over. So we, we had the habit because we wanted the habit. We opened the door to the habit. Remember that first drag on a cigarette? It felt like a, a, an anvil was going down into your lungs. But you persevered. <laughs> uh, until it became a, a habit. Right? And now you got a habit. And that's the way habits come. They come from repetition. Doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it until it's a, it's a part of your makeup. It's who you are. It's why sometimes we can't even imagine life without the habit. How can I do life without that habit? I'm so used to the habit. It's a part of me. I don't know how to do life without the habit. But you can. And, and you can do it by starting something else repeatedly until it replaces the bad. But I'm jumping ahead of myself. Now, let me tell you that our habits matter very much to God. God's a God that wants to chisel into us good habits. Ho holy habits. What's a holy habit? It is something that is spiritually enriching to your spiritual life. It's that simple. A holy habit. It spiritually enriches your spiritual life. All right? It helps you grow. It's good for you. It builds you in the faith. It helps you to become all that God wants you to be. That's a good habit. It enriches you. And that's what we want. And, and so we see here that Jesus had a habit. He, he went to church every time the doors were open. He was there. And he taught. So he contributed 
good things to the church service he went to. Paul, the same thing. The Bible says that Paul did exactly the same thing as was his custom. He went into the synagogue and he taught for three days or three Sabbaths in a row. So so Paul not only went to church every time he could, but he contributed to it. It was a habit. It was ingrained in him. He didn't have to think about doing it. He he just assumed he was going to do it because it became a habit. It became second nature. He just woke up and said, well, it's church day. Here I go. See, this is a time you're going to be real glad you're in church because I'm going to talk about the positives of going to church. See, going to church is, is, is a positive. It, it's a good thing. It enriches your spiritual life. Because you, you go to church to worship God. You go to church to hear a word from God. You go to church for rich fellowship. You go to church to be encouraged. It builds you up. It builds you in the faith. It's a wonderful habit to be in. It's a holy habit. Amen? Most of you here today didn't have to think, well, am I going to church today? No. You woke up because it was just customary. It was your custom. You started getting ready for church. You didn't have to think about it, pray about it. Do I go to church today, Lord? Or do I watch from home? I'm so glad for the people watching from home because we, we want you here. We, we, we're glad you're online. And I assume because you can't be here. Because... Watching, not taking any way, anything away from it, but, but watching online and being here is the difference between watching a fireplace on TV and sitting in front of a real one. You watch it on TV, you can hear the snap, crackle, pop, and you kind of get the emotion, but no, it's not the same. You can't feel the warmth. You can't smell the cedar wood burning. It's not the same. That's free. I'm just throwing that out there. Amen. You know, when you read your Bible, all through the Bible, God's greatest leaders and most fruitful people all had holy habits or habits that enriched their spiritual life, all of them, over and over again. You don't see a great leader without that. You don't see a great believer in God without it. You don't see a great Christian without habits, holy habits, good habits that enrich their spiritual life ingrained into their lifestyle. It's always there. The Bible says, for instance, Daniel, one of two people in the Bible about whom we are never told a fault. It says Daniel always prayed. Notice that up there. How often did he pray? Always. Now it tells us what always means. To God, how often? Three times every day. Some of y'all are looking at me. Can you look up there? Three times, how often? Every day. What did he do? He bowed down on his knees to pray and to praise God, and he did it three times a day. And you know what else? He was willing to die for that habit. The Bible says King Nebuchadnezzar, who was over Babylon, where Daniel had been taken as a uh, um, captive, it says Nebuchadnezzar released a decree that if you worship anything other than him, you were going to be thrown into a den of lions. Not a good future. But Daniel went straight home, threw open the shutters to his window, bowed on his knees and prayed to God and said, my holy habit is worth my life. 
my holy habit is worth my life. It's worth my life to pray. I will give my life to pray. You are not taking away from me the habit that enriches my life with God every single day, three times a day. He got thrown to the lion's den. The lions got locked jaw. They could not open up their mouth because God shut their mouth and delivered Daniel for taking a stand on his holy habit. That's how important it was. Jesus not only went to synagogue every Sabbath, but Jesus also had a prayer habit. Of course he did. He's the son of God. But look what the Bible says. Jesus himself would often, that means regularly, routinely, consistently slip away to the wilderness and pray. Now, if Jesus needs to slip away and pray, where does that leave us? Oh, my. If Jesus needed to slip away and he, and he never sinned and he had perfect relationship with God, he had to slip away and pray routinely. He had a holy habit because he was holiness manifest. Amen? And we see the early church. Pentecost fell. The Holy Spirit fell. And when the Holy Spirit fell, he immediately began to chisel holy habits into the character of his people. Look at this. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They worshiped together at the temple. How often? Each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. So the early church, immediately the Holy Spirit initiated, formed in them, brought them into the habit of meeting together daily, worshiping every day, and regularly observing the Lord's Supper. And what was the result? What was the consequence, the beautiful consequence? It says there was great joy and an explosion of praise. When this habit was ingrained in them. Amen. How many of you want great joy? And an explosion of praise. Just combustible praise. Amen. The book of Hebrews talks about people that got in a bad habit. It says, not forsaking our own assembly together, as is the habit of some. There were some in the early church. Everybody else was meeting daily and all of that. But some in the early church got out of the habit of meeting. And the writer of Hebrews called it a bad habit. It's easy to get out of the habit of going to church. Well, we saw that with COVID. COVID took us all out of church for a while, and some people are still on their PJs watching online because <laughs> they got out of the habit. Well, how do you get back in? You start doing it regularly, and you'll get the habit. It's not rocket science. You just got to say, I will do this. I'm going to do it regularly until it's a part of who I am. Amen? Amen? But now, the flip side, of course, of a good habit, and there's good ones, and I want to focus mainly on that, but there's bad habits. We all know that. We all know what a bad habit is. Bad habits take you where you don't want to go, doing what you don't want to do. They cover you in regular shame. They bring you before God, cyclically repenting. Here I am again and again. Oh, and here I am again. And oh, guess what, God? It's the same thing. Here I am again. That's what the bad habits do. And we stay longer than we thought we'd stay. 
We go further than we thought we'd go because that bad habit is driving our time, driving our decisions. Listen, uh, your feet go wherever your heart is. Your, your feet walk where your heart is. And if your heart is captured by a bad habit, that's where your feet are going to go. So the idea is, can God break a bad habit? You better know that he can. So whether it's smoking, drinking, uh, overeating, using profanity. You know, there is a thing called profanity. In our day and age, oh my, you can't even turn on the TV. It's so loaded with profanity. I might preach on cussing sometime. Some of you are saying... Some of you are saying, let me know ahead of time. I won't be there. All right, here. Pornography, bad habit, complaining. Some people complain all the time. Their their tongue becomes a shovel that digs their own grave. Complaining. It's a habit. You get into the habit. How do you get out of it? You quit doing it and you do something else until that's your habit. Procrastination. You put off till tomorrow, which you ought to do today. Always being late. Not regularly attending church, not regularly praying. These are all bad habits. We know them. We know what they are. If you've got one, you know what it is. I know what they are. I've had bad habits. The fact is, you don't just develop that habit. You don't wake up and say, you know what, today, it'd be a great idea. I think I'll just just start a habit that's going to cause grief and regret and guilt and destruction for years to come. That sounds like a great idea. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. We don't know that that decision or that series of decisions is going to bring me to a place of a habit that's controlling my life. We don't ever count on it. If we had seen the end of it, when the beginning began, we'd run the other way with all of our might. Um, Now, just in case you're wondering what a bad habit looks like, or, or if you got one, Let me give you some signs that there's a bad habit that Jesus died to free you from. Okay? How do you know? Here's how you know you got a bad habit. It's adversely affecting your physical, mental, or emotional health. It's not good for you. No bad habit is good. A bad habit is called a bad habit because it's bad. All right? So it's adversely affecting you. And it's damaging you in some way or another. That's what a bad habit does. Second way, you know, it's threatening key relationships in your life. You've been told by people close to you that love you, if you don't stop, I can't relate with you anymore. So it's threatening key relationships that matter, that God put into your life. And that habit is reaching out and touching them. Third way, you know, This doesn't take a lot of uh, connecting the dots. It causes you to break the law. Your bad habit causes you to break the law. You're taking a legal risk each and every time you feed that habit. Amen, Pastor Jeff, preach it. You're blessing me. (laughs) But every time you practice it, you're taking a risk that you're going to see the lights. And I'm not talking about the glory of God. I'm not talking about the Shekinah. I'm talking about the red ones. 
Here, here's the one that really speaks to me. It's hindering you from becoming the person you really want to be. That bad habit is hindering you from becoming the person you and God want you to be. It's like a huge obstacle in the road. It's like you got a backpack on that's full of bricks. And you're walking around and that backpack is pulling you down, slowing you down, hindering you. You can't run with that backpack on your back. That habit. Now I bring good news today. Habits can change. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? God is in the business of delivering people from habits that are hurting them. I don't know if you can remember, but the minute you got saved, God began to talk to you about your habits. And he began to deliver you immediately from those habits. He went to work on sanctifying you. And part of that sanctification is to get rid of the habits in your life that are hurting you. That's what Jesus does. The devil puts them on you. Jesus takes them off of you. Now, I want to give you some simple steps on how to get rid of a bad habit. Uh, If you don't have one, then share this with somebody that does. But I'm guessing that a lot of people in here are dealing with a habit uh, of one kind or another that you wish you were free of. So I'm going to tell you how to do it, scripturally how to do it. Here's some keys. One, getting rid of any habit that is bad immediately must begin with humbling yourself before God in deep repentance and asking him to help you because we we go to him and we say, Lord, this is bigger than me. It's stronger than me, but it's not bigger than you and it's not stronger than you. And Lord, I'm humbling myself in your presence and I'm asking you to grace me to break these chains. The Bible says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That he may exalt you. Now, what does exalt mean? Exalt means to uh, dignify, to honor, and to make happy. How many of you want to be happy? You want to be happy in the Lord? How many of you want to be happy? Come on. You want happy. Okay, how many of you realize a bad habit takes away your dignity? It takes away your dignity. Because this is not what you want to do. This is not where you want to go. This is not the way you want to act. This is not what you want to give your time to. It, it, it takes away from your dignity as a human being. It humiliates. It doesn't humble. It humiliates. God wants to restore your dignity as a human being. Where does it begin? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In repentance and dependence on Him. Repentance before Him, dependence on Him. We say, Lord, I repent of this and I'm depending on You. I'm leaning on You. I'm drawing from You. I'm asking You to do something I can't do on my own. Set me free, set me free, set me free. 
The Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help when we need it most. Do you notice that now? God gives grace when we need it most. And what is grace? Grace is this. The idea of grace is God leans down toward you to help, strengthen, counsel, guide, and support you. Instead of resisting you because you're saying, I don't need God, I'll do this on my own. I'm a self-help kind of person. No, the person who says, Lord, I desperately need you to set me free, to break this habit. I want to move on with you. I'm so tired of the same old cycle. Lord, do something in my life. I can't do this without you. And when you humble yourself that way, God leans your way. And he gives strength and help and confidence and the ability to do what you can't do on your own. Grace. Grace. I love what David said. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. Amen. He set me free. He set me free. So, Second thing you got to do to get rid of a bad habit. Here's what Bible, the Bible teaches. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time when you need to get saved. You don't wait till tomorrow because there's no guarantee you'll have one. But when it comes to post-salvation, once you're saved and you're dealing with a bad habit still, the, the time to deal with it is now. You do it now. You do it today. You do it this moment. You do it while God is extending his grace. You do it while you can pray. You do it. You don't give, you do not give that bad habit another day to wreak havoc on your life. You say, today is the day. I lay it down. I put an end to it. I say goodbye to it. I declare war on it. Today. Let me ask you a question. How quickly would you get rid of a skunk out of your house? Here he goes. You're sitting there watching TV, you and your spouse, and a skunk goes walking right by. Now, let me tell you what you're not going to say. You know, honey, we really need to do something about that skunk sooner or later. You know, we got to take care of that eventually. No, let me tell you what you do. The TV is turned off. All the doors are open. Everything focuses on getting the skunk out of your house before he devalues it. And you're not satisfied until the skunk is gone. A habit ought to be the same way. Yep. So you say immediately, everything. I'm focusing on getting rid of what grieves the spirit, getting rid of what is hindering me. I'm going to get rid of the skunk in my house. Third, you've got to pull it up by the roots. Everybody say the roots. We've all mown a yard or watched somebody do it when there was high weeds. The weeds are a foot higher than the grass, so we mow it. We go, doesn't that look so good? That fixes it. But then in two days, here comes that weed way above the grass. We know why, because we didn't get the root. It's one thing to say, yeah, I've got a bad habit. It's another thing to go for the root system. You got to pull it out by the roots. When, when, when Hezekiah was initiating his reforms, 
and delivering Israel from a bad habit of idolatry, worshiping idols. He said, listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now. There's the immediacy. And consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Here's what he's saying. Get everything out of the temple that is causing you to stumble. Now, in the Old Testament, God inhabited the temple. In the New Testament, he inhabits you and me. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So in the same way they removed idols and the places where they worshiped, they got them out. They, got the, they pulled it all out by the roots, pulled idolatry out by the roots. They, got, they grabbed the idols and burned them and smashed them and turned them into ashes and threw them into the wind. They got it out by the roots. And here's the message for you and me. We can't have in our line of sight things that make us stumble. You can't leave it there. You got to get it out by the roots. If you're having a trouble, problem with drinking, don't have booze in the house. Get it out. Kick it out. The Bible says, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. Now, that's not literal, please. If that was literal, we'd have a lot of one-eyed, one-hand people in the church of God. No, that's not literal. <laughs> I'm sorry. What a visual. No pun intended. But here's the deal. Jesus was saying, whatever you've got to do to pull the sin out by the roots, be radical with it. Get rid of it. Remove the roots. You can't have anything in your house that causes you to stumble. I really believe that 98% of defeating temptation is getting yourself away from the scene of temptation. Get yourself out of the scene of temptation. Okay? That's easy. So the Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. None. Don't provide for it. No. Starve the bad habit to death. Y'all are quiet today. The only way that habit keeps going is if you keep feeding it. Pull it up by the roots. Finally, you've got to replace the bad habit. Replace it with a good one. Replace it with a good one. Listen to this statement. Habit overcomes habit. Habit overcomes habit. That's easy, right? So a good habit will defeat a bad habit. I've had people come to me so many times and say, Pastor, my life, it's just been a mess. I've lived my life in sin. I can't even remember big sections of my life because I was so under the influence of some alcohol or drug my, my past is a disaster. What can I do? And I say, start doing good and keep doing good and overwhelm your life with doing good and become radical with doing good. Get involved in doing good. Get involved in doing good because habit overcomes habit. Listen to what the Bible says. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You replace wrong with right. So how do you undo a bad habit? You quit doing it and you start repeating a good habit until the good habit that you're repeating becomes a real habit in your life and now you don't have time for the bad one because you're doing the good one. 
is true. Well, I don't know how to do that, Pastor Jeff. Well, listen to this. My dear brothers, since future victory is sure, be strong and steady, always abounding in the Lord's work. My dear brothers and sisters, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work. Everybody say this with me. Throw yourself into the work of the Lord. Confident. Nothing you do for him is a waste of time. Throw yourself into the work of the Lord. Get so busy. Get so busy with the work of the Lord. You don't have time to sin. Go the extra mile. Excel. Do it all the time. Now, I want to be honest with you. I'm, I've got an addiction. Boy, y'all got real serious. Here it comes, Mildred. I figured this was coming. No, listen. I do. I'm addicted to ministering the Word of God. I'm, a, I'm addicted. It's an addiction. And that's in the Bible. They have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. No, I, 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 I am I love it. I'm not up here working. This is not manual labor. It's Emmanuel labor. And, and Emmanuel labor is the work of the Lord has become for me an addiction, a passion that is in me that is real. And so I do it all the time. I need to minister the Word of God. I love ministering the Word of God. And then lastly, listen, I close with this last key. Lean on a trusted friend or counselor if you can't do it alone. I want you to stand with me, would you? Listen to this verse. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. Is that what it says? Where is it? Oh, you don't have it. That's right. I did this later. Confess your sins to each other. And then what? And pray for each other. So that what? So that you can live together whole and healed. So if you can't, if if you and Jesus alone, and you're still struggling to get a hold of this bad habit, tell a trusted friend. Because as soon as you expose it, It loses its power. Yeah, it's absolute fact. Bring it into the light. Satan works in the shadows and in the dark. And in secrecy. So you expose it. And that's what Celebrate Recovery in our church is all about. If you're struggling with a bad habit, we, we major on walking you into victory out of that bad habit into a good one. Because we want you to shine. We want your usefulness to Christ to be maximized. We want you to win. So I tell a friend, hey, I need to, I need to own up to something. Well, tell me. Well, I'm really struggling. Brother, sister, I've been trying. And I keep failing. I need you to pray for me. Here's what it is. You humble yourself. They go, I'll pray for you. And if you start getting weak, you call me. If you start to stumble, you get on that phone and you call me. And I'll be there. 
So say with me, everybody, humble yourself. Do it now. Pull it by the roots. Replace the bad with good. And lean on a trusted friend. And you walk through that, and that bad habit is out the door. Amen. Amen. So can we lift our hands to the Lord Jesus today? Father, we come to you as people who are weak in so many ways. We so easily succumb to things that hurt us. And we just confess it to you. You know it. We say with Paul, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I do. And Lord, we need the amazing grace of God to lean down and strengthen us. To break the chain, to break the cycle, to break the dependence on what is hurting us. to lay it aside, to throw it away from us and to replace it with something that is enriching to our spiritual life where we have a holy habit in its place. If you need this prayer, wave your hand to the Lord right now. Say, Lord, please help me. Please help me. Help me, Lord, help me. Whatever it is, name it to God right now. Whatever it is, just name it to God right now. Just say, Lord, I give this to you, and I'm asking you today, now, today, this hour, this moment, to break this off my life. And Lord, set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. How many of you have ever been set free of a habit? Oh, look at that. Do it again. Come on and look around you. Look at what Jesus does. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? He sets us free. Amen.